Welcome to the official podcast for Triumvir Clio's School of Classical Civilization. I'm Beth, aka Triumvir Clio. Hello again, welcome back. I'm glad that you're still listening despite the change in format. Today we have Book 3, Chapter 10 of the Bibliotheca. It is long and rather sprawling, so let's just dive in. Again, this is the James George Fraser translation, freely available online, with, of course, undoubtedly a few asides by yours truly. Atlas and Pleiade, daughter of Ocean, had seven daughters called the Pleiades, born to them at Kylene and Arcadia, to wit, Alcyone, Merope, Kyleno, Electra, Sterope, Tegeta, and Maya. Of these, Sterope was married to Oinamous and Merope to Sisyphus, and Poseidon had intercourse with two of them, first with Kyleno, by whom he had Lycus, whom Poseidon made to dwell in the islands of the blessed, and the second with Alcyone, who bore a daughter, Ethusa, the mother of Eleuther by Apollo, and two sons, Hyrius and Hyperenor. Hyrius had uh, Nycteus and Lycus by a nymph Clonia, and Nycteus had Antiope by Polyxo, and Antiope had Zethus and Amphion by Zeus. And Zeus consorted with the other daughters of Atlas, so um, did you write that down? Did you get, get that whole family tree? <laughs> anyway, Maya, the eldest, as the fruit of her intercourse with Zeus, gave birth to her Hermes in a cave of Kylene. He was laid in swaddling bands on a winnowing fan, but he slipped out and made his way to Pyrea and stole the kine which Apollo was herding. Ooh, messing with the uh, the cattle of the sun. We know that's not a good idea. Anyway, lest he should be detected by the tracks, he put shoes on their feet and brought them to Pelos and hid them in uh, hid the rest of them in a cave. But two, however, he sacrificed and nailed the skins to the rocks while the flesh he boiled and, of course, ate some because that's how sacrifices worked in ancient Greece. They were really just a barbecue. Anyway, some he burned. And quickly he departed to Kylene. Now, before the cave, he found a tortoise just chilling out. So he cleaned cleaned out the tortoise, strung the shell with cords made from the cattle that he had sacrificed, and thus he created a lyre. Um, he also invented a plectrum, because why not? Anyway, Apollo came to Pelus in search of his cattle, and he questioned the inhabitants. They said they had seen a boy driving the cattle, but they could not say where exactly they'd been driven, because they couldn't find the tracks. Having discovered the thief by divination, because again, he's Apollo, Apollo came to Maya at Kylene and accused Hermes, this new brother he has just discovered that he has. Uh, But Maya's going, no, no, let me show you this child. Look, he's all swaddled up and and Hermes, you know, oh, goo goo ga ga, because he's a baby. Um, Anyway, Apollo brought him to Zeus and claimed the cattle. And when Zeus bade Hermes to restore them, Hermes denied that he had them at at all. Um, However, no, no one believed him. So he led Apollo to Pelus and returned the cattle. However, when Apollo heard the sound of the lyre, he happily traded his cattle in exchange for it. And this is how Apollo became the god of music. Anyway, while Hermes pastured the cattle, he again made himself a shepherd's pipe and he played those pipes. And Apollo wished to get the pipes too, so he offered to give Hermes his golden wand. Um, And so 
Hermes wanted to get the wand for the pipe, and he also wanted this art of divination that Apollo has. So he gave Apollo the pipe and learned how to divine using pebbles. Go figure. Zeus appointed him heralds to himself and to all of the infernal gods. So now we have delightful Hermes as the voice of the gods. Now, back to the muses. Tegeti had a son by Zeus, uh, had, sorry, had yeah, by Zeus a son, uh, Lacedaemon, after whom the country of Lacedaemon is called. Uh, Lacedaemon and Sparta, daughter of Eurotas, who was a son of Lelix, a son of the soil by an iabymph Cleocaria, had a son, Amiclus, and a daughter, Eurydice, whom Acrisius married. Amiclus and Diomede, daughter of Lapithus, had sons, Kinortes and Hyacinth. They say that this Hyacinth was beloved of Apollo and killed by him involuntarily with the cast of a quoit, which is kind of like a discus. Kinortes had a son, Pyrrhus, who married Gorgophone, daughter of Perseus, as uh, Stasichorus says. And she bore Tyndarius, Icarius, Apharius, and Leucippus. Sorry, Leucippus. I put an extra syllable in there for some reason. Apharius and Arene, daughter of Oibulus, had sons uh, Lyncus and Idas and Pisus. Uh, um, depends on who you ask. Several say that Idas may have been gotten by Poseidon instead. Anyway, Lyncus ex- excelled in sharpness of sight so that he could even see things underground, which... Superman. Uh, Leucippus had daughters, Hilera and Phoebe, um, and these the Dioscuri carried off and married, uh, but we haven't actually gotten to them yet. So anyway, besides them, Leucippus begat Ar- Arsinoe, and with her, Apollo had a baby named Esculapius or Esclepius in Rome. So I might accidentally pronounce it that way because I lived in Rome. Anyway, some affirm that um, Esculapius was not a son of Arsinoe, daughter of Leucippus, but that he was a son of Coronis, daughter of Phlegius in Thessaly. Whoever, they say that Apollo loved her and at once consorted with her, but that she, against her father's judgment, preferred and cohabited with Ischias, brother of Canus, which made Apollo mad. Um, and like all gods, he kind of blamed the messenger, which was a raven. The raven came and told him about this. So raven had once been black. Apollo turned, sorry, had once been white, and Apollo turned him black. Um, and then he killed Coronus, you know, like burned her up. But then he realized, oh, if she's pregnant, maybe he wanted to save his baby. So he um, took uh, um, Asclepius, Asculapius, uh, to Chiron, everyone's favorite centaur, uh, who then taught Asclepius the art of healing and hunting. But that healing piece is is particularly important for this particular um, figure in, in ancient Greek myth. Anyway, having become a surgeon, because again, Asclepius, um, he, he carried um, carried the art to a great pitch. He not only prevented some from dying, but even figured out how to raise the dead. Uh, he'd received from Athena bl- the blood that flowed from the veins of the gor- Gorgon, and while he used the blood that flowed from the veins on the left side for the bane of mankind, so that side was poison, he could use the blood that flowed from the right side for salvation, which means that he could raise the dead. 
Um, now, there are some who say that he raised from the dead uh, Capaneus and Lycurgus, um, Hippolytus maybe, or Tyndarius, or Hymenaeus, or Glaucus, or it all depends on who you ask. But Zeus, fearing that men might acquire the healing art from him and so come to the rescue of each other, smote him with a thunderbolt. Angry on that account, understandably so, Apollo slew the Cyclops who had fashioned the thunderbolt for Zeus in the first place, which overkill much. Um, and Zeus would have hurled Apollo into Tartarus. However, at the intercession of Latona, he ordered him to serve as a thrall to a man for a year. And maybe you recall um, this from some other things that we've read, uh, Apollo serving as, as a servant to a human. Uh, anyway, so Apollo goes to Admetus, the son of Furies at Fairy, and serves him as a herdsman and causes all the cows to have twins. It doesn't hurt to have a god as your servant. Um, some say that Aphareus and Leucippus were the sons of uh, Perares, the son of Aeolus, and that Sinortes begot Perares, and that Perares got, begat Obelus, and that Obelus begat Tyndarius, Hippocoon, and Icarius by a naiad nymph named Batia. Anyway, now um, Hippocoon had sons, a lot of them, to wit, uh, Doriclus Scaeus, Ana Raphus Uticus Bucalus, Lycatheus, Tiberius, Hippothos, Eurydice, Hippocorestes, Elkinus, and Alcon. Some of those I might have pronounced correctly. With the help of these sons, Hippocoon expelled Icarius and Tyndarius from Lacedaemon, and they fled to Thestius and allied themselves with him in the war which he waged with his neighbors. And Tyndarius married Leda, also known as Latona, the daughter of Thestius. But afterwards, when Hercule Hercules or Heracles slew Hippocoon and his sons, they returned, and Tyndarius succeeded to the kingdom. Icarius and Paraboya, a naiad nymph, had five sons, Thaus, Damasippus, Emesimus, Aletes, Paraloeus, and a daughter, Penelope, whom Odysseus married, our lovely Penelope, our lovely, clever, intelligent Penelope. Um, anyway, Tyndarius and Leda had daughters, to wit, Tamandra, whom uh, Echemus married, and Clytemnestra, whom Agamemnon married, and also another daughter, Philonoe, whom Artemis made immortal. Who knew? But Zeus, in the form of a swan, consorted with Leda, and on the same night Tyndarius cohabited with her, and she bore Pollux and Helen to Zeus and Castor and Clytemnestra to Tyndarius. But some say that Helen was actually a daughter of Nemesis and Zeus, for that she, flying from the arms of Zeus, changed herself into a goose, but Zeus in his turn took the likeness of a swan, and so, yeah. And as the fruit of their loves, she laid an egg, and a certain shepherd found it in the groves and brought it and gave it to Leda and she put it in a chest and kept it and when Helen was hatched in due time Leda brought her up as her own daughter but when she had grown into a lovely woman Theseus carried her off and brought her to Aphidne and when Theseus was in Hades Pollux and Castor marched against Aphidne took the city got possession of Helen and led Aethra the mother of Theseus away as a captive. I said there's a lot that happens in this chapter. Now, we're not done. The kings of Greece repaired to Sparta to win the hand of Helen. 
The wooers were these, Odysseus, son of Laertes, Diomedes, the son of Tydeus, Antilochus, the son of Nestor, Agapenor, the son of Ancaeus, Stenilus, the son of Copaneus, Amphimachus, the son of Catetus, Felpius, son of Eurydus, Megis, son of Peleus, or sorry, Phileus, Amphilochus, son of Amphiarus, Menestheus, son of Petios, Scadius, and uh, Epistrophus, the sons of Iphitus, Polyxenus, the son of Agathenes, Penelaus, son of Hippolchemus, Latus, son of Elector, Ajax, son of Oilus, Ascalaphus, and Ialmenus, sons of Ares, Elephanor, son of Chalcedon, Eumelus, the son of Admetus, Polypoites, son of Perithus, Leonteus, son of Coronis, Podalarius, son of Macaon, oh, sorry, not son of Macaon, Macaon was his brother, they were the sons of Asclepius, and Philoctetes, the son of Poeus, wait, I'm not done, Eurypolis, son of Avamon, Protesilus, the son of Iphiclus, Menelaus, the son of Atreus, Ajax, and Teucer, the sons of Telamon, and Patroclus, the son of Menoetius. Wow, do those names sound familiar? They should, we have already covered the Iliad. Seeing the multitude of them, Tyndarius feared that the preference of one might set the others on quarreling, but Odysseus, wise Odysseus, promised that if he would help him to win the hand of Penelope, he would suggest a way by which there would be no quarrel. And when Tyndarius promised to help him, Odysseus told him to exact an oath from all of the suitors that they would defend the favored bridegroom against any wrong that might be done him in respect of his marriage. On hearing that, Tyndarius put the suitors on their oath, and while he chose Menelaus, for whatever reason, to be the bridegroom of Helen, he solicited Icarius to bestow Penelope onto Odysseus, and that is finally the end of this very long, sprawling chapter. This chapter goes so many places, so many places. I did, I didn't write down half of the things that I thought of as I was reading that. Um, anyway, the things that that stood out to me um, are more than what I have written down here, and more that I will share here clearly. Because yeah, anyway. So many things, so many places. Uh, so uh, big things that stood out to me. I think it's interesting that the Pleiades are the daughters of Atlas, but the name by which we know them comes from their mother. Now, I'm sure I knew that before. Or some, I'm sure I knew where their name came from, but I don't think I'd ever really noticed it. And for a culture as patriarchal as ancient Greece, it's interesting that this group of daughters are named for their maternal line. Now, Admittedly, I do have a soft spot for the Pleiades, probably because of Romy Hill's Seven Small Shawls knitting patterns, the first year of which were designed with the Pleiades in mind. The second second year were the um, Muses. I love them all. There's beading. There's lace. It's, I, so I do have a, a soft spot for, for the Pleiades, and not just because of Maya being the mother of Hermes. And I, oh gracious, I love... I love that story of baby Hermes so much. I'm sure I have said this before, and I will undoubtedly say it again multiple times. The Hermes book of George O'Connor's Olympians series 
tells this story so delightfully. I I cannot I cannot recommend it enough. It is it is just it is just a delightful story. It is it is always amusing just picturing baby Hermes, brand new baby Hermes stealing his brother's cattle because why not? Anyway, that's not why I want to talk about Hermes. I want to talk about Hermes because what's what I he was laying on a winnowing fan. Um which makes me think a little bit of the um Christian birth story of Jesus being laying in a manger. So we do have something similar, mythologically speaking, on those two counts. Um, but I winnowing, I just find it interesting that he's laying on a winnowing fan. And I really, I want classical scholar who to look into this, what to study the use of winnowing fans in Greek literature. Um, I know definitely of one other very prominent story about them, and that's um, in the Odyssey, you may recall, after returning to Ithaca, Odysseus is told to carry his oar inland until he meets someone who says, why are you carrying that winnowing fan over your shoulder? And in, th- in that instance, it's a story of plow, uh, swords to plowshares that um, he's taking this instrument of war, this the oar from his ship, um, to a place where of agriculture and peace um, to someone who does not know even what what an or is that their in, initial thought is oh look that is something that is used for peace I, I don't think that's what's happening here because Hermes is a baby he doesn't have he's still gathering all of his attributes right he's not the god of anything in particular until after this story happens so I want to know I want someone to explain to me why why is why is there a winnowing fan in this story why why here I I honestly don't know and I would be very interested for someone to jump in and say oh here's here's why here's the reason for the winnowing fan and here are all of these other places that winnowing fans are used symbolically in in Greek literature Greek mythology um anyway I am not completely sure how we get from the story of Hermes to the story of Leda. Suddenly we just jump into a whole nother slew of genealogy and I don't know maybe you were taking notes uh, as I was reading lots of names and pronouncing most of them wrong I am sure. Um, Anyway nonetheless we get there and even though we're usually told about Leda's four primary children the two sets of twins we've got Castor and Polydukes and Helen and Clytemnestra I I kind of love the alternate story of Helen's birth told here. Um, So given how she is used in myths about later in her life, as particularly the cause of the Trojan War, it seems very fitting that her mother could be Nemesis, the goddess of retribution, that, I don't, I don't know, I, there's, which is why probably it's not really accurate, but you know, it, I, I like it. I like the idea. There's a parallelism there in in the mythological Helen, if her mother is Nemesis. Um, anyway, what what stands out to you in this very very long chapter? Um, please pop over to the blog and share your thoughts. It's at triumphyourclio.school.blog. There should be a link in the show notes. And next month, we'll continue the Biblioteca with a much, much shorter uh, Book 3, Chapter 11. Talk to you then.
You can join the discussion of this and everything covered in this podcast by following the link in my show notes. And if you're enjoying what you've heard so far, please consider supporting the show with a monthly donation of your choosing, just like public radio. And please also consider giving a five-star review on your podcatcher of choice so that more people can discover the fun that is Triumvir Clio's School of Classical Civilization.